Welcome to a very special edition of The Throne Room with Beth Tarasi. And I do not have a slogan yet for my podcast, so whatever. I'm just going to say the slogan from, what was that company? Oh, yeah. Am I Homes? Darn, I'm trying to remember which home commercial it was. Look, this is a podcast that gives you all the good stuff without having to give you sales for a free car, no free pool, no hoops, no bull. And I can't remember where the hell that slogan came from. The, you know, no no free car, no free pool, no hoops, no bull. Because I really like that slogan. And I, I remember listening to it on Orlando area radio stations and it was quite interesting. Speaking of Orlando, we do have a little thing to do with the Pulse nightclub shooting. Where was I when this happened? Four years ago. It was four years ago since, you know, the Pulse nightclub shooting. And this was shortly before Donald Trump got elected president, which was probably the most unfortunate piece of crap that ever happened. Um... I am going to talk about Loving Day and Juneteenth, which are coming up as we speak. I would like to let everybody know that there may be a language um, thing because I'm, I might get pretty deep, strong, and I might get pretty heavy with this whole Black Lives Matter thing and Loving Day is an important part of the racial equality in marriage. And I'm going to talk about biracial couples and I'm actually going to explain a little bit about Mildred and Richard Loving for those um, young children and teens out there who do not understand about um, how Mildred and Richard's story became the center of the, the court case and everything like that. Oh yeah, that is going to be part of this episode today. Um, we have no interviews and have not had interviews, but as soon as I get an alternative way to do interviews off of the Anchor app, I will let all of you know because I plan on doing interviews on Backpack Studio, which is a really cool little app thingy. But the neat thing is with Anchor, you can import stuff into your library, and I like that, but the problem is nobody is going to, I don't want to have to hogtie people into downloading the Anchor app for interviews, and I want to know how the guest feature on other podcast recording softwares work, such as aka Backpack Studio. So be on the lookout for me talking a little bit about a little tech tidbit for the day, about the guest features on Backpack Studio, which is going to be really cool. But I am going to upload everything right up here to Anchor. I just need a way to record interviews without saying, oh, you have to download this app. And I've had people complain that certain linkages don't work. For example, if I send a text message link, it doesn't work and they have to have the app open and I don't know how that happens, but um, I'd like to give a shout out to Brandon Cole, super blind guy or super blind man on Twitter. Um, if you see this podcast, um, I'm not going to talk about Naughty Dog until next week, but I am going to talk a little bit about Naughty Dog and how Brandon worked on a certain video game called The Last of Us Part 2. It will not come out until June 19th, but that is also going to be a very important date as far as that's, I think that's Juneteenth. It's around Juneteenth time, which is celebration of African-American emancipation. We're going to talk about that. So, okay, everyone, let's get started. Love. What color does it come in? It doesn't come in a color. 
Love is not something you can color with the complexion of the skin of those who fall into it. Love does not know color boundaries, such as you can't date a white person or you can't date a black person. That is the very foundation of the philosophy behind the Loving versus Virginia decision. You guys have got to, if you want to watch a good movie about the subject, please watch Loving. There is a really good movie on the subject. Yeah, it's called Loving. It is described, but I think it's on Audio Vault. A lot of the movies that have been on Blind Mice are on Audio Vault. And Loving is a very important story about Mildred and Richard Loving. Now, Mildred was, I think, wait a minute. Um, how do I explain this? I think um, Richard was a white guy. He was a like a white, black guy. Mildred was, I think, wait, Richard was black, Mildred was white. One was black and one was white, and there were laws in Virginia against interracial marriage. And what happened was they got to Washington, D.C. and got married there, but then someone found out about Richard and Mildred because they were in bed together when they were woken up late at night in the dead of night, and they were arrested, and they were told, they were given a choice. You stay in jail or don't live in Virginia. They chose not to live in Virginia, but then they decided to take the case to court. And Mildred and Richard's case ended up going to the Supreme Court. What's interesting about it is that there was a judge that made a hateful ruling on the way to the Supreme Court, but the American Civil Liberties Union did indeed take this case. And it's not just about Mildred and Richard Loving, okay? These guys grew up in a very inclusive community. Mildred and Richard had some kids, like three kids or something like that. Um, Richard died in some, some years after the case, uh, 1976, and then Mildred died in 2008. But... Mildred never remarried. She never remarried. And her maiden name was actually Jeter. And her brother was best friends with Richard. That's how they met. That's how they got set up and that's how they met. So um, I believe Otha Jeter was really good friends with Richard. And there's a lot of Library of Congress information about Mildred and Richard Loving. So I'd suggest that you do do your homework on this story. If you want to learn more, that's where you go. You want to just hop onto your favorite search engine and type in Loving versus Virginia and you'll find a big fucking, excuse my language, <laughs> archive full of cases and all that little... <laughs> but remember, no free car, no free pool, no hoops, no bowl... that's kind of not my slogan, but I kind of wish I could, I need a good slogan for this podcast. And I think it would be really cool to have one, but, um, but back to the whole subject of loving, how does the loving decision play into my life? Well, it really didn't affect the way Floridians thought, but I had a crush on this guy named Michael Orion accused me of stalking him earlier on in high school, and I ended up being accused of being crazy and sexually harassing and all this. It just got too much. Not only that, but it was just like, well, how do I put it? Like, my parents really did not understand what was going on. Now, Orion himself is a mixed-race young man. He's got more hell of a lot more black than white, but it doesn't matter. I didn't care for color, but 
What bothered me was the fact that Orion's culture group was always hanging out together. There was no diverse hanging out at THS. The high school was always a de facto segregated school. And the white kids all hung out together. Some of the black kids would just hang themselves together. It was cliquish. It was so organized into hierarchies and cliques. All the special ed kids hung out together. It was just typical. Typical damn high school in the South. And I could not have taken Orion to the prom because his mother would not let him. Now, moving on to Michael, though. Michael had a child by another woman. And unfortunately, my parents were like, oh, well, you shouldn't be with him because he is a child. It was extremely unbecoming of my parents to say that because what's really disgusting about that is that Michael Michael had a rightful a rightful you know place in someone else's life and I believed that Michael needed a wife his current his wife at the time was um functioning at the level of an 11 year old there was a lot of personality that was missing in his wife that he had before. His ex-wife's personality just, she, cause marriage isn't really about color or culture or religion. What it is, is you've got to be able to communicate with your significant other and don't interrupt when they talk. I am constantly being interrupted whenever my husband-to-be is talking to me, you know, sometimes it's an interruption and sometimes it's not, but, you know, I have to constantly be like, Trenton, please don't interrupt me. I'm trying to talk. And I don't like being interrupted because, you know, it it looks patriarchal and it looks like a guy, Trenton or otherwise, it doesn't matter what, but any guy that interrupts a woman is asking for trouble, in my opinion. But, you know, but... What I'm trying to say is that marriage is about communication. You have to communicate, and Amy failed to do that for Michael. I explained that relationships are all about talking. You have to decide in a relationship. It doesn't matter what culture you're from. Well, unless you're Greek and your head goes one way or another. But, you know, Greeks have different ways of, you know, body language is a bit different in the Greek culture. But I, could, I, I digress, whatever. But, you know, marriage is supposed to be about a communicative relationship and a partnership between two people. I'm not going to say man and woman because I have a lot of gay and lesbian trans friends. We will discuss the LGBTQ community a little later. Um, but the whole thing with loving is that Trenton is black and I was raised in a predominantly white society. And Trenton, his African-American heritage may be a bit different. His family is quite different than mine. But what I'm trying to get, what I'm trying to get, you know, people to understand is that marriage is not about necessarily one's color or culture. And my parents have had to understand that they have been so wrong in telling me not to see Michael. And now that I'm with Trenton, it's like, it's, he has had the same sexual experiences, although not with a child, as Michael. We both have had the same issues. Trenton had a relationship that fell flat on its face before I could really begin. Same with me. And we, we can share in our experiences, but the big thing is... My parents told me that Michael was, quote-unquote, sexually experienced. And because of his child, they said, you can't be with him. Well, oh, that just doesn't make sense. I think they were just hiding racist thoughts about Michael's Afro-Haitian heritage. Which, unfortunately, Michael, he, he just, he was probably one of the more, you know, singing types. And I really wanted a singer. But, you know, I'm kind of glad I found my drummer. (laughs) I'm glad. But at the same time, I had to do something. And I do not like white guys for a lot of reasons. 
I will not say that I'm a racist person, but there is a cultural issue with white men that I do not like. And that is a lot of times white men will say things like, oh, well, you know, get in the kitchen, cook the meal. I'm just going to sit there and watch football all day. I grew up in a predominantly white family, and that's all that the family ever wanted to do. My mom was in the kitchen working, cooking, making homemade fucking tomato sauce. Excuse my language, people. Ugh. But making homemade fucking tomato sauce. And she was basically, you know, serving guys. The guys were just laying around, being lazy, and watching football, NASCAR, whatever sports were on television. And that's all they even talked about at the table. My family was allowed to be obsessed with sports, and I wasn't allowed to be obsessed with music and other issues. And the other thing that I think that we are all missing as a a people is... I think it's, I think we're missing a lot of respect for women, but I I can go into another kind of um, topic on that. But, but Trenton and I are a loving couple. We are a loving couple. I mean, loving day celebrations are an important part of loving day, but you know, I am really glad that I've gotten to know Trenton because Trenton is one of the sweetest guys you'll ever meet. And if it weren't for this loving decision, Trenton and I would have been banned from seeing each other. And there were a bunch of states that did not have protections for interracial couples. And I'm sorry, but I think that Donald Trump he could have eliminated those protections if he was president in the wrong time period, meaning like the 70s or something. I'm very concerned that people's rights are at stake. When you tell me that a black person should not marry a white person and the other way around, whether it's man to woman, woman to man, two men to women, I don't care. But when it comes to loving versus Virginia, I think I think we need to understand one thing is clear. You can't ban somebody from marrying the person they love. And love does not know color boundaries, etc. I am glad the Supreme Court struck down that decision that, you know, Virginia tried to make to make the lovings have to, you know, force them to move and or go to jail, that kind of thing. It just, it's not fair. Richard and Mildred had such a deep love for each other. And Mildred said she was quoted as saying that Richard would take care of her. But, you know, I don't think there's going to be another couple like that. Not a lot of couples like that. But there are black women who marry white guys, and that's fine. You know, I mean, honestly, I don't really care, but my preference is someone who is not in a certain... not I don't want to say white, as in complexion. I'm kind of saying this much, but I prefer guys who are not, like, white culturistic. I'm talking about guys who associate themselves with Southern culture. I'm talking about guys who associate themselves with what I'm about to talk about next. Um, I'm going to talk about the Black Lives Matter thing in a little bit. Um, Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, my. My braille display. Oh, my. Um, I haven't gotten any feedback, so we're, th- we're not going to have a feedback segment, but I am going to say this much. But, um, I want to say that I'm very proud of the Black Lives Matter folks for standing up for equality and racial justice. Unfortunately, we cannot equate white people with wealth 
for too long. And it's not just about Loving Day celebrations and all that. There have been protests everywhere over the last, oh, 10 days a week. I was stupid enough not to talk about the George Floyd protests last week. But there was, there was this whole thing with the space program. Bob and Doug went up on the Falcon 9 rocket and all that kind of crap. Okay, I get that. But this week, now that the protests have kind of largely died down here in Denver, there's still some protests in Arizona. But guess what? Now they have a thousand or more COVID-19 cases. And it it jumped up 300% according to media sources. It's not just the media, though. It's also data from the CDC, the WHO, people that are following this stuff more closely. And, you know, Trenton and I... Trenton and I do not want to get the COVID-19 virus. So what do we do? We stay at home. We do everything through delivery. We do everything through delivery. And we basically... I'm I'm also getting a t-shirt delivered to me from the Denver Women's Chorus because I can't just go pick it up. In a car. I can't be in a car. And I can't do things in a car. I don't have a car and can't drive. So I'm glad that the Denver Women's Chorus is going to deliver the shirt for me. And the shirt, I'm going to wear my shirt with pride if I can put myself... I might actually, um, shoot. I don't think it's going to be, um, feasible for me to do a pride thing for the videos... Because they're doing this little pride thing. The show must go on. Blah, blah, blah. Um, What else? Um, uh, I'm just very happy the Black Lives Matter thing is really making an impact on people. Um, I want to give a shout out to Bubba Wallace and his fellow NASCAR drivers. For being wonderful and banning the Confederate flag. Bubba, you're in my thoughts, boy. Thank you so much for making NASCAR more inclusive to everyone. Because that is what NASCAR should always be about. Or any sports, for that matter. The NFL is finally acknowledging that Colin Kaepernick took a knee for a damn good reason. And I'm really glad... The NFL is standing up at the IOC. We're not going to watch the Olympics this year. And I'm sorry. But um, I think the Olympic Committee needs to quit with trying to punish players who um, take a knee during national anthems to protest police brutality. Why don't we just let the African players get gold medals instead? I don't care what we do, but we need to make sure that no player, players need to be able to, you know, voice their opinions, but I think the IOC is stupid. They're stupid for saying that players cannot take a knee during national anthems. It is not a disrespect move. This is a move saying we're tired of the inequality, and I think that the European... And United States players would be gravely affected by this. And I would encourage Europe and the U.S. not to compete in the Olympics this year. I don't care what anyone thinks, but it's in Tokyo, Japan. So it's really not a... It's a non-issue. And it's too close to North Korea. So whatever. I really don't want to watch the Olympics next year. So, Um, But I do think that... Starbucks, kudos to you for allowing the Black Lives Matter thing to go on. For employees, they can wear their Black Lives Matter pins and things like that. Fuck, I'm going to wear my Black Lives Matter stuff if I ever do decide to get it. I want to get a sticker. I want to get me a damn sticker that says Black Lives Matter on it, so... 
Um, but Black Lives Matter is an important, a very, very, very important thing. Um, because if not for Black Lives Matter, my partner would be walking outside and he would be shot by the cops. They would, they would say that he's carrying a weapon if he's using a white cane or a red cane or whatever cane. I think that a colorful mobility aid is perfectly fine, and I have one, but, you know, my eyes are closed all the time, so people should take me damn seriously. <laughs> anyway, um, language meter, eh, what do we say now? But anyway, it, it, how can we celebrate Loving Day in the wake of this COVID-19 crap? Well... Um, just do your social distancing and listen to this podcast. I think the loving thing is important. Um, loving the Virginia is an extremely important decision that you do need to study in school. Also, please do some research on the Tulsa race riots. I will discuss those. Actually, it's not the race riot. It's actually the Tulsa race massacre. The Tulsa Race Massacre, I don't want to call it a riot, but that's what history calls it, that's all. But I, I honestly want to call it a massacre, because that's exactly what it was. It was white people killing black people. And they bombed and napalmed the neighborhood of the black people in Greenwood District. It's just so... It's, it's unacceptable. And I want to say that I stand with those who say that Trump should not be doing a rally in Tulsa because of that. He's not going to get much support, and I hope he doesn't. Anyway, um, not for me at least, but um, I want to talk a little bit about something else, and we need to talk about the Pulse nightclub shooting. Um, yeah. Where was I the day of the Pulse nightclub shooting? I was at home. And not only was there a nightclub shooting, but there was also... um, I think there was a shooting at Florida State that no one discussed. But there was a shooting in the Tallahassee College where I used to go. But little did anyone realize there was also... It was overshadowed by the Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting. And I want to talk a little bit about where I stand with the LGBT community, and I'm going to be real honest. I have been an ally, a staunch ally, of the LGBTQ community since about maybe 2010 or so, 2009. So that would make it about 11 years, maybe 10 or 11 years I've been an ally in the community. It really became clear that I had to be an ally in the community because the LGBTs are still being oppressed and their rights are being attacked by the administration and this is just not right and their right to exist comes into play when you hear about the Pulse nightclub shooting it just it just made me sick the guy who shot up the nightclub basically said, I am a soldier of Allah. Now, this is even worse. He used Islam as an excuse to go in and shoot a bunch of gay people. Now, I don't exactly advocate any religious, you know, terror as an excuse to go in and shoot up a nightclub full of people you may not like. It's just not something you do. And in in the whole thing about universal friend making is if I say I don't like somebody, I'm going to ignore them or I'm going to do something to get them out of my way. But it is not going to involve bloodshed because it doesn't work that way. I recently had to deal with two individuals that had a conversation with my buddy Clayton. My buddy Clayton had a really long screenshotted conversation about 
how police brutality was, you know, really bad. His sister died, yada, yada, yada. I don't even remember what the hell that conversation had, but there were two guys that I didn't like, and one of them I had been friends with for like 11 friggin' years. This guy has been known to be spewing nonsense on Facebook. Don't even bother. You guys might know his name. I've shared the screenshot on the blog. The screenshot's there. His name's there in the screenshot. So I'm sorry, but I had to use the guy's name in the screenshot. But I had to change the names in the written part of the blog so that nobody would suggest any legal things to be taken against me. And that's even worse because this guy felt attacked by a woman. And I'm sorry, but it's patriarchal to even think that way. But um, unfortunately, um, the two guys that had a conversation with my buddy, Clayton, are guys that I'm sure some of you might like, some of you might not like, but who cares? These guys actually agreed with police brutality saying that the review board that Poderin in action was, you know, working so hard to put in place gives the criminals more power than the police. Well, Clayton disagreed. Not only that, but he made it clear that this was not acceptable. Well, those two guys have also been known to, you know, say, I don't like you, you're a moron. One of them, we'll just call him Wes. I won't go... I, I know a couple of different Wes's, so this will work. But Wes told me I was a moron. And he basically said that the state of Florida was correct in giving my parents guardianship. He broke the law in explaining such a thing. He spread medical information about me all over the place. That kind of issue should never happen. That is not what you do to... If you don't like somebody, simply ignore them. I don't care. But what Omar Mateen did in Orlando was unacceptable too. He walks into this club full of what he called, quote, men kissing, quote, and he shot 49 people dead. 49 lives were lost. And this is completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. It's just so unacceptable. If you don't like somebody because they're gay, lesbian, trans, ignore these people. Don't talk to them. Don't engage with them. Don't write bad opinion pieces in the paper about them. That's just the only thing you can do. But Wes went a step further, and so did his friend. I'll just call him Bill, and there are many Bills out there, so whatever. But Bill and Wes went a step further and said that I was a moron. I've also been called a loon bag on Twitter. And my fiancé follows the guy who said it. It was Rickster the Geek. And I hate to call people out, but if you don't like somebody... Simply don't say a word. If you don't got something nice to say about something, do not shed their blood or say a word. If you do, you'll get charged with murder or you might end up the way Omar Mateen ended up, dead at the cop's feet. You might end up dead in a shootout with the cops, which Omar Mateen had just finished killing 49 people and the OIA, the OPD... OPD, they went into the club and they basically shot Mr. Mateen dead. This killer does not deserve the notoriety of being the guy who had a body count of 49. But what he does need to understand is he did not meet Allah because this guy was a Muslim and he was going around killing people he didn't like. That just added to the problems right there. There are Muslims who don't do that kind of thing. There are Muslims who don't necessarily agree with the whole LGBT thing, but they don't sit there and act stupid and go into a club and kill people. If you do not like somebody, 
Here's something I, I would highly advise you to do. Shut up about that person. If you don't like what I have to say about this matter with the Pulse nightclub shooting, I'm sorry. But I have been an ally in the gay community for about 10 years. I have been a staunch ally of the lesbian gay community. Um, shout outs at the end of this little segment. I'd like to give a shout out to my beepable friend, Kelly, who is so beepable and amazing. I, I do want to say, though, Bill and Wes are not the type of people that I would have expected to have, and one of them said that he had used to think highly of me, and then he goes and spreads all this medical information about me, and then he wanted the FBI to investigate my blog. That is not acceptable. If you don't like what somebody writes about, don't don't sit there and report it unless it's a direct threat to you. I didn't say, quote, I want to kill Wes, quote, or, quote, I want to sp- beer, bills, brains, and things like that. No, I didn't say things like that in my blog. I'm just making those up as examples, but I would never, ever write something like that in my blog. I am calling people out for being racist, agreeing with something that is very dangerous for the black community, and I am doing this for the sake of my black brothers and sisters. And for the sake of my LGBTQ brothers and sisters, thank you very much. And how can we prevent another tragedy like the Pulse nightclub shooting? Well, first of all, just remember the rules of universal friend making. If you don't like somebody or somebody's lifestyle, shut up and don't say a word. Ignore them. Walk away. But if you want to extend your hand and spend time with anyone who is homosexual, I'd suggest you do it. Learn about their lifestyle. Don't say you're going to go ahead and convert yourself to that lifestyle if that's what you don't want. Look, I have friends who are lesbian and polyamorous, and I have friends who are polyamorous and not lesbian, etc., etc. I'll use... um, My friend Kelly has a lesbian wife and she's married to a woman. Does that bother me? No. That's awesome. As Kelly would say, that's beepable. I think it is completely beepable. And I am going to stand by Kelly and her wife as much as I can because that's just who I am. I stand by my friends. This is an aspect of love that people do not understand. Now I am going to talk a little bit about who's the last group of people to get equal access to marriage and love. Because this is an episode about love and aspects of love and how they affect my life and how they affect other people's lives. But mind you, I want to just make this clear. If you do not like something... If you don't like something that someone says, frankly, if you have nothing nice to say about that person, please shut up. Because it's better to be silent and let the person speak than to sit there and attack the person and make them feel bad. I have seen that happen to me. It has been a problem. I had, you know, a friend... I had a friend try to report something I said on WordPress simply by, you know, and then she said, you don't have permission to use his name. Well, I don't care. His name, the name that did not give me permission to use his name, spread medical information about me and frankly attacked me for being who I was. This is what the gay people face every day. And it ain't just physical attacks like that what took place at the Pulse. Gay people are frequently attacked in newspapers, magazines. There are op-eds. And I want to talk about my friend Jennifer Moldy. She is amazing. She's a trans woman. In my Denver women's court, she's an alto too. And Jennifer is so amazing. She's amazing. Okay? Get it? 
I've spent time with Jen. I've spent time with other people. And I have learned that they have the same human qualities as everyone else. They want to exist the same way that a black person has the right to exist. The same way that a blind person has the right to exist. My friend Clayton has suffered two collisions with vehicles. And the vehicles? Well, (laughs) they ran off. But Clayton, he had two vehicles run him over in his lifetime. His back is really messed up. He's got physical ailments. He's in some pain. I don't know how much, but, you know, it's that kind of attack on his right to exist that we have to address. It's the same thing with anyone else. And physical and subtle attacks on people like Clayton, Jennifer, and other people who are either bisexual, transgender, gay, lesbian, doesn't matter. People write these illicit and ugly op-eds saying all kinds of disgusting things about gay people that are so bigoted, I don't know how else to say it. People are allowed to have these opinions, but here's the responsibility that you all have a right to do. With rights come responsibilities. You have a right to think that, for example, that a woman's place is in the home, but you cannot say a word. Your responsibility is to remain silent. Your responsibility is to not act upon the opinions you have. For example, you may not believe that a transgender, gay, or lesbian person has the right to medical care by a doctor but it is your responsibility to keep that opinion to yourself and don't try to go into a nightclub and shoot a bunch of people up if you don't like what they're doing in there. Just walk away. If you're another Omar Mateen who might hear this and think, oh, well, I'm going to do what he did. Think again. If you're the kind of person who thinks that the Pulse nightclub shooting was justified or warranted? I think not. I stand up for my gay brothers and sisters in Orlando that went to the Pulse nightclub or that continue to go to the Pulse nightclub if it's even open. It is very important that we as a society confront the bigotry We need to stop spreading medical information about gay people that is untrue. We need to quit spreading things about people with disabilities who have other conditions such as synesthesia, such as depression, such as borderline personality, which frankly I even question. We need to discuss how we're going to dismantle bigotrous policies in government, from the federal to the local. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I think I'm going to have another... I think I'm going to have to take a break. Just a minute, guys. There is something that I think a lot of you don't understand about the aspects of love. Disabled people are capable of loving each other, and that's another thing that I would like to discuss here. So to recap, I did discuss the Loving v. Virginia thing. I did go into some really impassioned pleas to shut up and don't put dangerous opinions out there about gay people. And honestly, the Pulse nightclub shooting is a reflection of the bigotry that the nation is facing. Or that has, they, they're, we're still facing this kind of bigotry on gay people. I got a lot of gay friends, brothers and sisters. I've got people who are heterosexual, homosexual, all kinds of people. All kinds of aspects of love. But here's something that I think that you guys are unaware of. People with disabilities do not have equal rights when it comes to marriage. First of all, did you know that 
about 80 to 90 percent, and this includes the blind and other disabled groups, are unemployed. 90 percent of the disabled adult working population is unemployed. There is a problem with the disabled population being unemployed. What that means is they can't support children, they can't go places, they can't do, well, anything. Trenton and I have been trying to think of ways we can support our children and support the things and do the things we love. But SSI keeps us back. It's meant to keep the disabled person poor and dependent on the government, and that needs to quit. Because we cannot fully express ourselves. We want to be able to have a family. We want to be able to raise children and this would include taking them to school every, you know, year, being able to feed them, being able to clothe them without having to put them on welfare. But, you know, I think that the disabled population will be the last to receive equal rights and no penalty for marriage. And I hope that the Senate hears us out and passes legislation that gets rid of the marriage penalty and updates the assets you can have and updates and raises the SSI payments that everybody gets. The reason why is because so many of us can't work. For me, it's a matter of 15 years or more of guardianship and basically being mentally and physically subjected to nothing more than low expectations, belittling behaviors, bullying behaviors, and things that other blind people have put me through. I can no longer condone the people's thoughts and sayings about SSI and so on. Trenton cannot legally marry me because he would lose his childhood benefits. He would also lose Medicare, which would give him access to better doctors and better drugs, better access to certain drugs that are not covered by Medicaid. He is also, I just, we just got a little letter that said he was eligible for the Part D plan or Medicare Part something, and it has like, you know, $3 for generic drugs and $6. No more than $3 for generic drugs, no more than $6 for regular drugs. Trenton is going to need that eventually. He's going to need something. And eventually when his father and grandfather, well, if his father and grandfather both pass on and when all the elders in Trenton's family go, he's going to need to have survivor's benefits and stuff. He is going to need access to Medicare and healthy lifestyles, clinics, just like everyone else. But legal marriage could put Trenton in a health hazard. The binding issue here is that disabled people can't marry equally with non-disabled peers. We have to choose between a life together with our partner and the finances that we want or being able to support ourselves and our children. Most disabled people, frankly, do not get it. Some of them don't, but most disabled people don't get that they are not equal in the government policies, and that needs to change. I think that a disabled person should not have to choose between being in love with somebody and, you know, being well off. And... It's, it's just a nightmare if you make more than the other person, the person. My friend Diana married her love of her life, my friend Art. They got married. Diana, unfortunately, lost her SSI check because of the marriage penalty. I wish she'd get it back, but then they would advise her to divorce her husband, and Diana does not want to do that. Why? Because her faith prevents it. 
And there are no churches that would allow a blind couple to do a commitment ceremony without papers. We want to celebrate our love, me and Trenton, but we don't want to have to give up so much money and so many opportunities. We want to find a way to have and raise children without having to necessarily travel to a nine to five job that may or may not be safe to go to. And we we can't really do that. And of course, one of us is going to have to stay at home to walk the child to the bus stop. I'm not going to have the child get kidnapped like J.C. Dugard. If anyone wants to learn about that, just read the book, A Stolen Life. So there you go. Um, Yeah. If you would like to know more about the things I talk about here on this podcast, please feel free to, you know, email me at denverqueen at gmx.com. If you're interested in interviewing for the podcast, please send an email to denverqueen at gmx.com. I will collect emails from that address only. Thank you very much for being a part of this podcast. If you would like to... What is it? If you would like to submit feedback, please leave a 60-second voice message on Anchor. It's only 60 seconds. And we also have a way to do it. You can do it through email if your voice message isn't sufficient. If there's a lot of things you want to talk about, great, hit me up. But please, I also want you guys to understand that I will not take spoofer call numbers from Greece. I was recently harassed last weekend because a guy known to be a bigot by one of my friends was harassing me and following me around and using numbers and weird phone numbers. It was just really bad. Anyway, um, stay safe. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other.